Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. And some people have got in a habit, and if it's you, don't be embarrassed. I don't even know if it's you. Maybe there's not anybody here, but probably somebody listening. Here's the way you're prepared. Oh, God. God the Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for helping us today. Now, Father, thank you again for helping me. God God the Father, and and God the Father, and God the Father, and God the Father, and God the Father. See, when I talk to you, I don't say, now, Linda. 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 No, I just say, Linda once, and then I converse. Do you understand what I'm saying? A couple thousand years can take something that's vibrant and alive and make it into a fossil or a zombie. One of the things that has in many ways become formula-ridden is prayer. You see these pictures of Jesus praying and it's like he did this pose. It just looks unreal to life. In Pastor Mark's teaching on prayer today, you'll hear about the common sense way God intends prayer to be. You'll find out how to make it a natural act that fits who you are and how you talk without it becoming a ritual. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 as he continues his message, The Basics. Ephesians, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 2. As I was driving in, I was listening to one of the staff people from the Billy Graham organization. And it was interesting because one of the individuals said, Why for all these years can Billy Graham go into a city and always pack out whatever auditorium he goes to? And people by the thousands come to salvation. Why is that? What is the clue? Billy Graham's staffer said, prayer. He said, for many years now, there's this whole group of people, and they will be flying into New York City on their own. Most of them will not even go to the conference. But for those three days, they'll be in a hotel room that they rented, praying for three days for the Billy Graham crusade. See, this is the answer to what we're talking about. What is prayer? Three things. Includes a few more. You can include confession as prayer, but really that's part of petition, asking God to forgive us. So three main things. It makes it simple. Remember, back in the Garden of Eden, we didn't have to do this teaching. Man just talked to God. But sin interrupts that intimacy that we have for God. So we break prayer down into three things. The three are worship, praise and thanksgiving, which we've just done, of course, ourselves, or in a corporate way. Second, petition to request something that I need or want in my own life. Nothing wrong with that. Jesus said, ask. 
And number three, maybe the greatest privilege we have, intercession, which simply means asking on behalf of someone else or praying for others. That's the aspect. Now, that's man talking to God. Since we define prayer as a two-way conversation, here's the second part that you want to write down. This is God talking to man. Well, how does God talk to man? Well, there's a number of ways, but specifically these three. First, of course, the Word of God. Right now, God is speaking as we go through these verses. He's speaking to you. The Word of God is God's mind to you and to me. So, second, certainly the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that later when we talk about the difference between the Logos word and the Rhema word. And then third, God talks to us by arranging circumstances in our life. Does anybody here doubt that God can get our attention? He knows specifically how to do that. Sometimes it's really good stuff. Sometimes it's a little tough stuff. But God definitely gets our attention. So this conversation is always two ways in our lives. Now, what things don't go with prayer? And I'll just go these really quickly. Well, prayer is not fancy words. Now, if you happen to be from New Zealand or Australia or England or Scotland, then go for your brogue and all that kind of jazz. That's cool. Thus thou us and theus and whatever. Have at it. But if you're from wherever in America, you just speak like you speak here. Prayer is not vain repetition. Nothing wrong with a memorized prayer. But we have to be very careful. In fact, I think we we all know that when we pray for meals or at night, we have to be really, really careful with that kind of thing. Prayer is not an attempt to push God around, this cosmic bellhop. That's not what prayer is about. Prayer is getting God's will in my life. One evening at bedtime, a little boy prayed very loudly from his bedroom. Lord, bless mommy and daddy, and Lord, give me a new bicycle. His mother came into the room, holding her ears and said, Son, you don't have to shout. God isn't deaf. The boy answered, Yes, mommy, I know, but grandma's at the end of the hallway, and she is hard of hearing. Understand that we're not shouting, God, I have to have this. You don't have to shout at God in any way. My, my, my wife's always reminding me, don't talk so loud. It's okay, God can hear. One that we'll really talk about tonight, I think it's very important for us. Prayer is not approaching God directly. You're going to see that we approach God through Jesus Christ. And again, you don't want to get tied up with that. Well, that person just prayed. They didn't say, through Jesus' name, relax. God understands what our heart is. Prayer is not only a public exercise, but most prayer, as you know, is private. Prayer is not only asking for things. That's what many people think. And again, prayer is not simply a one-way conversation. So stop and ask yourself for a moment. During the last week, what kind of praying did you do? Was it balanced between worship and petition and intercession? Was it balanced between talking to God and then listening to what God says to us back? Now, how do we pray? You don't need to write this down, but I think it's really good. And I found this somewhere and it just explains it very simply. 
The Bible, by the way, tells us how to pray. We see all through the Bible. Any posture will do. Now, some of you were raised, especially if you were in the more liturgical churches, when you prayed, you had to come in and you had to bow or get in your chair and be very quiet. Nothing wrong with that. But the Bible has all kinds of ways to pray. Any posture will do. You can stand. You can lift up your hands. You can sit. You can lie down. You can kneel. I don't recommend lying down too much. You can lift your eyes to heaven. You can bow and pound your chest. We see that in the Old Testament when they were really, really trying to say, God, we're so sorry. Any place will do. I'm so glad that we don't have to just go to a temple or to a church to pray. In the Bible, we see prayer in a battle, in a temple, in a cave, in a closet, in a garden, on a mountainside, by a river, by the sea, in the street, in Hades. Remember? Even in Hades, in bed, in a home, in prison, in the wilderness, and in a fish. Remember? Not praying for your fishing, but it was in a fish. Any time will do. People in the Bible are found praying in the morning, in the mid-morning, the evening, three times a day, before meals, after meals, at bedtime, at midnight, day and night, every day and always. And any circumstance will do. People pray when they're young, when they're old, when they're in trouble, when they are without hope, when they are fearful, when they are victorious, when they are happy, when they are glad. Now, let's talk about conditions for answered prayer. And I'll try to give you a few of these, and I think it'll help us. These are just the basics. Number one, pray in Jesus' name. In John 16, 24, it says, until now, Jesus speaking, until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Notice in John 6, 24, he says, you haven't asked anything in my name. But now I want you to ask. John fourteen six. why do I have to ask in Jesus' name? Because Jesus said, I am the way. The way what? The way to God. You see, we don't approach God directly. Jesus is at the right hand of God, and he's interceding for us. So, again, you don't want to get legalistic with this. But the key to answer prayer is to pray in the name of Jesus. Now, is there a problem with that? Yes, in our society today, that's not politically correct. And there's been times, I remember in the old pharmacy days, when I was at conventions and whatever, and people knew who I was, and I'd be in front of a thousand people, and they'd want me to pray. Well, many of the pharmacy people are Jewish, And I would tell them, I'd be glad to pray, but here's how I'm going to pray. And that was not an issue. If I'm asked to pray here in the city, when I was down here to dedicate the post office in town to Ronald Reagan, they knew how I was going to pray. Now, I'm not trying to stick it in somebody's face, but that's how I pray. It's the same thing as covering the cross. I have to pray in Jesus' name. And again, why do we do that? Well, 1 Timothy 2.5 says this. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ, Jesus. So, because Jesus died, that veil was rent, and now I can approach the throne boldly, but I come in this new way. 
I have access to the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. John fourteen thirteen, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. Now, what does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? We have to be very careful because as humans, we like formulas. As a pharmacist, former one, I really like formulas. That's what I studied, all this chemistry all those years. God isn't into formulas. God's into relationship. So I have to be careful. And if if you come from a little bit of maybe a Pentecostal background or charismatic background, my more classical Pentecost way back, but you'd hear people go, you know, there's, there's something powerful. In the, how, the, how did they do it? In the, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That, that, and it's like this formula, but I gotta have a little zip with the formula because that makes God powerful. Well, again, I'm not making fun because sometimes a little of us here could use a little zip in our prayers. Most of that'll that'll wake you up a little bit. But really, it isn't that. So what does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? Number one, it's not a formula. So here's three simple things. You don't need to write them down just to remind you. Number one, praying in the name of Jesus means I'm in harmony with the person and the character of Jesus. Bottom line, what does praying in the name of Jesus mean? It means praying as if Jesus was praying the prayer. So the prayer that I'm praying... Can Jesus pray it? In other words, is it so selfish or so off-centered or so unbalanced that you know Jesus would never pray it? Then I can't pray it really in the name of Jesus. So number one, praying in the name of Jesus means I'm in harmony with the character of Jesus. Praying in the name of Jesus, number two, means I'm praying in the authority of Jesus. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. You see, to make things happen, two things have to happen. There has to be authority, and then it has to be power. Both of those things I have when I pray. I have the authority in the name of Jesus, and then, of course, God fills me with the Spirit, and I have the power to do those things. So, those are the two things. Now, the third one I mentioned to you already, praying in the name of Jesus, why do I do that? The result is that God be glorified. Bottom line is God's glorified through salvation, through healing, through whatever the situation, deliverance from a problem, a situation, whatever. That God be glorified. Not man, not a church, not a system, not a book, not a tape, but God. Now, I want you to turn to Ephesians 2.18. And I want to show you a really neat verse, and I think it brings it all together for us. Ephesians 2.18 shows us that the Trinity is involved in praying. The Trinity is involved in praying. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2.18 For through Him, Jesus, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. So that's a great verse to just Right beside to just put prayer and trinity. What that means is the pattern for approaching God includes the trinity by the Spirit to the Father through the Son. 
And we'll talk in a moment why I need the Spirit. Because sometimes I don't know how to pray. So the book of Romans tells me that I can ask the Spirit to pray through me. So prayer has to do with the Trinity. And I think that's a beautiful picture of unity. And if I'm going to pray in Jesus' name, then obviously I have access with the Spirit. And then I'm going to have the power of the Spirit to help me. And then I'm going to approach God in the correct way. So one way to be effective in my prayer is certainly to pray in the name of Jesus. That's routine. That should be part of where you're at in our prayers. Let me just stop for a second and challenge some of you. And I'm not making fun, and I don't have anybody even in mind. In fact, this isn't even in my notes. I wasn't thinking about it. But I think it's a good thing to remind all of us. Remember, we talked about not vain repetitions. We have to be careful in our prayers that our prayers should sound kind of like when we're just talking to another person. And some people have got in a habit, and if it's you, don't be embarrassed. I don't even know if it's you. Maybe there's not anybody here, but probably somebody listening. Here's the way you're prepared. Oh, God, God the Father, thank you, Father. Thank you for helping us today. Now, Father, thank you again for helping me. God, God the Father, and, and God the Father, and God the Father, and God the Father, and God the Father. See, when I talk to you, I don't say, now, Linda, now, Linda, now, Linda, now, Linda, now, Linda, now, Linda, now, Linda. No, I just say, Linda once, and then I converse. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you hear people say, and God has been repeated 47 times, by that time I forgot what they're praying about. Because I'm confused, that's not how we talk. So if that's you, break the habit. Simply talk to God through Jesus, and you don't need to say in the name of Jesus 54 times, just once. It's through the name. We're talking to God as a, He just wants to talk with us in an everyday conversation. That's the way it should be. So whether you're in a disaster, in a car wreck, getting ready, you can see it coming. Some of us have been there. I remember calling out to God. I don't worry about the formula. You just call out to God. He knows. Now, what if I didn't use the name of Jesus? He knows. Relax. But when I have time, then I want to pray appropriately. Now, number two, pray in God's will. Pray in God's will. Turn to 1 John. You're not far. 1 John chapter 5. When I pray, I need confidence that when I'm praying, God will answer. So 1 John chapter 5, almost to book of Revelation. If you've gone to Revelation, the only thing you left is in concordance, so move back this way. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence. In other words, I can have confidence. We have in approaching God. Now, how do I approach God? We already learned. In whose name? Tell me. Name of Jesus. So this is the confidence we have in approaching God. Then if we ask anything, he hears us. Is that right? How many of you haven't got there yet? Come on, get there. Notice what I said. If we ask, that if we ask anything, he hears us. That's not the scripture. If we ask what? Anything according to whose will? No, God, I don't want your will. I want my will. Doesn't work. Anything according to his will. And if we know that he hears us, what's the next step? Whatever we ask, we know that we have 
what we ask of Him. I like to be able to pray in confidence, knowing that what I've asked is in the will of God, and that means in God's timing, it's going to be answered. Not only does He hear me, but He will answer prayers that are according to His will. So, then the next question comes to our mind, well, how do I know what His will is? Here's a biggie. The Word of God helps us to determine the will of God. So, let's make this point to you. When I pray, often, especially in our quiet times in the morning or at night or whenever you do or whatever, have the Word of God there. Because that's the way He speaks to us. The Word. He's speaking to you and I. He's telling us how to be effective in our prayer life. How to get our prayers answered. How to have confidence. So, the overall general will of God is in here. This is called the Logos. The Logos Word of God. It's the general overall will of God. And as I study the Word, I get to know God. I get to know Him better. I can pray more effectively. You see, many people who aren't believers, or aren't Christians, wonderful people, they're just confused about life. When difficult things happen in their life, and we see this a lot at a funeral, people go one of two ways. They say, well, what's wrong with God? Why does he allow this kind of thing? I'm never going to step back in church again. Or the opposite. Wow, where did that loved one go? Man, I don't understand why that happened to him, but I need to find out answers to life. So when you open the Word of God, we get to know his character, what he's like. We know that bad things happen to good people. It's not because of God. It's because of the world we live in. The sin world that we live in. God never planned any of this disaster. It's because man disobeyed the word of God. So as I study the word of God, I know his character. I already kind of know in the back of my mind how he's going to have me pray. Now with that logos, God then can speak to me a rhema word of God. Rhema, R-H-E-M-A. Now what is rhema? That takes the general will of God and it puts it right in a specific circumstance for me. That's what happened when I studied that morning, Isaiah chapter 54. God says, I'm going to expand your tents. This was all about the nation of Israel. This isn't about us. It was a prophecy and of course not a prophecy for even later after the tribulation and into the revelation time. But those words came right out into my heart. It was a rhema word. And I knew God was speaking to me, and I knew God was speaking to us as a church. So the general will of God became the specific will of God for me. That's what happens. That's how this church started. Many of you heard me say this. I was in a pastor's conference, and I'd been praying for five years, Linda and I had, about coming to Melbourne and starting a church. But we were waiting for God's timing. We knew it was His will because He put it on His heart. We were praying, but we didn't have the green light. In that conference, Pastor Chuck said, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, let's go over the hill, see what God will do tomorrow. The word jumped off the page to me because I'd been praying for that for a significantly long time. And all of a sudden, in about six weeks, eight weeks, we started the church. It became a rhema word. It was in the will of God. 
Today, Pastor Mark continued his teaching on prayer. You found out why you even have to pray in the first place. Adam and Eve's rebellion broke the face-to-face relationship they had with God. Pastor Mark shared that what's called prayer is simply communicating, conversing with God. He told you the conditions that God requires from you to answer your prayer. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching about the basics of prayer. You'll learn more about the requirements that God has set up in order for your prayers to be both heard and answered. You'll find out how the Trinity is involved in your prayers. Pastor Mark will show how God's requirements are a lot different than what religion calls for. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Real Conversations with God. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen-